long for, to pray for, to desire more than anything else, that our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and our nephews learn to burn with fervor for the Lord Jesus Christ. We, and the only way that happens is for us to have the kind of home atmosphere that allows that to happen, to be a part of it and the things that are going on as we look at that and as we think of that together, being a part of it as we see. There was a psychiatrist who just graduated from school. He had three theories on how to, how to raise children, but he had no children of his own. About 10 years later, he had three children and no theories, uh, <laughs> as, as the case would go. You know, it, it doesn't take long to realize that all, all the theories that we might read about and all the things that we know about how to raise children and to do the things like that don't always come from books and from other things. But there is one book that has everything we need to know about how to be the kind of parents that we need to be and how to raise the kind of children that we ought to in being a part of that time. Sometimes we're overwhelmed today in the society that we live in when everything, you know, there was a time when our society, our culture, supported strong family virtue and values. And you could count on your community to support you and to stand there with you and to help you being a part of it and doing those kind of things. But now we live in a country that does everything that it can to destroy the family, to disrupt everything there is about the family and to tear it apart in every way, to tell people that they don't need to listen uh, to the, those old-fashioned values of God's Word and the things that are part of it. Don't pay attention to what your parents say. They're from an old school and they don't know what's relevant and what's going on and what's being a part of it. And the sad part is not so much that we live in that difficult kind of culture, is that we have allowed as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles the culture to convince us that maybe that's true. Maybe we don't know anything about raising children. But I want to say one thing, whether you hear anything else this morning, there is no better person to raise your children than you, period. Not a school, not a government, not some kind of society, not some kind of social work or anything else. You are the very best person to raise your child or God wouldn't have given him to you or her to you. You don't need experts to tell you how to do it. You need God to tell you how to do it. And God knows exactly how to do it and being a part of it. And as we look and as we see that, I'm going to read a couple of verses of Scripture, one out of Luke chapter 2, verses 39 and 34, really more than a couple of verses, but those two verses out of Luke and then out of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And just read those verses and, and just share a few thoughts with you. And as we look at this and thinking about parenting and what it means in the world in which we live in, it's hard to parent in a sinful world. But that's been true all along. It's always been a sinful world that we've lived in. It's always been hard. But it seems like it might be even a little harder today with all the things that are going on and the things that are happening. And so I just want to listen to these words and, and just share a few thoughts with it together and keep in mind that the, the, what God longs for more than anything are godly parents, godly parents, godly influence in the home to be a part of what's happening and doing that. So in Luke chapter 2 and then Ephesians chapter 6, would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word? In Luke chapter 2, verses 39 and 34, the Scripture says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. And the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, the scripture says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we thank you today, as has already been done, for the, just the amazing reminder and privilege of realizing on this Memorial Weekend the kind of sacrifices that have been made for us to be able to worship together, to raise our families, to be a people that know something of what freedom is about. And we just we thank you for the men and women who gave their lives and for the families that dealt with that in their own ways at the times of their particular loss. And we lift them to you. We pray even today, Father, uh, for those who continue to serve, that you would bless them and protect them in every way. Father, we also thank you for that sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself that we could have genuine homes and families, that we could know what is right and what is wrong, that we could understand that there is a power that is greater than any power upon this earth to be able to teach us and help us to raise our children the way that we ought to raise them, to teach them the things they need to know. And I understand, and, and I know you know, that all of us have this truth in our heart that we can do the very best that we can, and sometimes still our children don't turn out the way that we pray and wish and long for. But our responsibility is to make sure they have every chance to do the right thing, to make the right decisions, to be the kind of people that grow up to honor the Lord and to bless our nation and our family and our communities. So, Father, I pray in these few moments that you just remind us of a few truths that we all know, nothing new as we see and understand, but just help us to be reminded and Father, I know there's not a lot of us here this morning, and I just pray that those who might be listening, but that we would understand that we are ambassadors of what it means to be good families, good homes, good parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters and cousins. Father, we need to understand that each of us has a responsibility to each of us, that we might grow the way you want us to. In Christ's name I pray, amen. A little girl, you may be seated, a little girl uh, prayed one night and she said God bless my mommy and my daddy and take care of them and God bless you too because if something happens to you we're in a real mess <laughs> and we are <laughs> and we're in that mess because we've forgotten God in our country we've put him aside and said he's not important not valuable doesn't mean anything and we see the results of that in our nation every single day we see it we read about it we hear about it and all the things that are going on we need to remember that God has a plan for you and for me and for every single person that's ever been born and all the things that are going on. We, the, the pressure of making a living is so big and hard today and, and it's the, with the cost of things continuing to soar and inflation probably fixing to go really sky high and all the things that are happening, we, we work ourselves to death to make a living. And we do it because we love our kids. We want to make sure they have what they need. We want to provide for them. We want to give them the best, and we hope they'll have better than what we had. It's always our dream of every parent is that I can provide for you the kinds of things that make life better for you than what I had when I was growing up and being a part of that. And that's a good dream. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we let that get in the way of something that's even more important, and that's our presence. The more and more we spend our time trying to make a living, we lose the living that we're trying to make. We lose contact with our kids. We lose contact with our family. We lose that because we're always busy. We're always gone. We're always doing, doing, doing. And what our, parent, what our children need more than anything else is us. They need our presence. They need our love. They need our attention. They need our kindness and the things that we have to teach them in the presence of what's going on and being part of it. Now, I realize we, we don't have much choice. We have to work. You can't, things just aren't handed to us free because we decide we want to have a nice home. We have to work. We have to do those things. I understand that. 
But what we need to understand is that if we're not careful, we let the, the rule of trying to do so much for things that we lose sight of the most important thing, our children and our grandchildren and what we want to offer them and give them and what's going on being a part of it as we look at it and as we see that and what we deal with. See, someone is going to teach your children their value system. Someone's going to. And if you and I forfeit that right, we just need to understand that was a decision we purposely made that we weren't going to be the ones that had any influence on them. We weren't going to be the ones who taught them. We were going to let somebody else do it. And so we turn them over to someone else and let them do it, whether it's a school system, whether it's a, hopefully, a, a, you know, sometimes we think a church will do a good job of it, and maybe they try, but they can't do what can be done at home because home's more important. <laughs> Government wants to, and they do everything they can to take your children away from your, your ability to teach and guide and direct them and try to help them be a part of that. Someone's going to. And if you and I forfeit that right, if you and I step away from it and just assume someone will, I can guarantee you someone will, and that someone will be led not by God, but by the evil adversary of this world who wants to destroy you and your family and your home and everything in this nation. And we need to understand that. Someone's going to teach our children. Someone's going to give them their value system. Someone's going to help them to understand. Some of us turn it over to the TV. You know, it's convenient. We can just turn on the TV and we can do whatever we want to. Keeps them busy, keeps them out of our hair and everything else. But the TV doesn't give them values that they need. They're not learning what they need to learn through the TV system and the things that are going on. We let them listen and see and things like that, and it's going to give them all kinds of, of values and things that maybe you and I wouldn't even think about or agree, and we don't even know what they're learning and what they're teaching because we're not even busy watching it with them when we do watch it. They're just, we just turn them loose and let that be the babysitter. And I know that's easy and convenient, and I'm busy, and it just, it, it just takes care. And sometimes I just need a break from those kids, and sometimes they need a break from us as parents. But uh, as we look at it, but we need to realize that it, that's being something that's teaching, teaching, teaching all the time. They spend more time in front of the TV, more time with the TV than they do with you, than they do with God's Word, than they do with anything. We don't provide the kind of influence that we need to be providing them as we look at it and as we see the things that are going on. So we need to recognize music. We need to be aware of the music. Music is a great, great entertainment means. And it has a wonderful thing. It can speak to our hearts, and we, we see and hear and experience a, a great songs and things that can make a great difference. But also, music is used to teach things that are not biblical, not even moral, and things that, they, that take a hold of the kid and changes their lives because of what they're listening to and being a part of. And I'm not saying all music is bad by any means. Music is beautiful and can make a, can make a contribution in a positive way. But that's because you monitor it. That's because you make sure that they're listening to the kinds of things that they need to be listening to and not the things that are distorting their values and their ideas and the things that are going on and being a part of it. We have to be the guy. You see, we need to understand. Our kids are growing up with a value system. And it's our decision whether we're going to give them the kind of value system that we want them to have or at least offer that to them and guide them in that, or if we're just going to turn it loose and say, whatever the world wants you to believe in, hey, go out and do your own thing. It's yours. The second thing you need to understand, not only are they going to get their own value system by someone, see, even, even our teachers and things are, are not always, they're sincere people, but not all of them have the wisdom and the knowledge, because they're not all Christians, to teach rightly. 
And so they teach the false doctrine of, of, of evolution as though it's absolutely true, which it is not, by the way. And they teach all kinds of things about uh, tolerance that aren't true and the things that we need to see and understand about those things that are going on, being a part of it. They teach the lifestyle of homosexuality and other deviant behavior as being okay. They teach sexual activity as being normal for all people as it would go on. And it shouldn't be anything that would be hindered and in being a part of anything that's going on. And they go on and on and on and on. And none of those things are the things that God's Word says are the things that we ought to be supporting and teaching and leading our children to understand and be a part of it. See, God put them in our hands. He didn't put our children in the hands of a system or an institution and say, just turn it over to them, and they'll do whatever needs to be done. No, God gave them to us as parents and grandparents, and you and I need to understand that and realize that, that they are our responsibility. They are our responsibility to teach, to grow, to help be all that they said. And again, I can't say and I can't promise, even though people who like to quote the scripture out of Proverbs, turn up a child in the way he shall go, and he'll never depart from it, or he'll come back even if he does. That's not a promise of God. That's a proverb. A proverb is simply something that happens most of the time. It is an idea. It's a suggestion. It's something that gives us a, a way of thinking, a way of thought that's there. There's no promise from God that no child will ever go astray. There's just not. Because they live in a sinful world, and they're sinners, and we're sinners, and everybody is without Christ until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, and we're influenced by evil in our world, and there's more evil in our world than there is good in our world, and so it's hard to walk the path that they want to, and they desperately, desperately, desperately need a parent that will stand up and say, I am the parent, not you. See, that's the next thing we need to know about being Christian parents is that we are the parents. We're the adults. Not them. They shouldn't make the rules. They shouldn't set the guidelines. They shouldn't determine when, it's, when they can do this or when they can do that, where they can go and who, they, and who they can do it with and those kind of things. You're the parent. God made you the adult. He grew you up before he gave you little ones. And he gave you the opportunity to take a baby, and he gave that baby to you from the, year, from the time that baby's born until 18 or 20 years of age in most cases, and he gave you the gift and the ability and the opportunity to shape and to mold and to pour into that child all of the things of God and all the things of your heart and all the things of your love and all the things of your peace and everything that you are so that that child had every chance in the world to be somebody that mattered and made a difference in the world. But he put it in your hands, in my hands. He didn't give it to somebody else. We've got to quit forfeiting our right as parents, and we've got to quit forfeiting our opportunity as parents to give it to someone else and depend on them to do what needs to be done. We need to do it. We need to take charge. We need to be responsible because it is ours to do and to be a part of it. And, and some of us have been brokenhearted over our children. Some of us probably broke our parents' hearts when we were growing up. Not everything goes the way that we want it to, but we cannot stop being the kind of parent God calls us to be. We cannot stop trying to learn and grow and improve and become more and more what we ought to be for God's sake and glory, but for the sake of our children and our grandchildren. They desperately need godly parents. They desperately need someone who will stand before them and teach the truth and give them the guidance. See, boundaries are not punishment. Boundaries are not things that we nag our children about. Boundaries are for protection. Boundaries are for love. It, it, the people who say their children don't have rules, they just let them do what they want to, go have freedom, be all that you want to be, there's no love in that. 
The love comes, and when one is willing to say to their child, there's some things that are harmful out there, and there's some boundaries that you need to live within for your own protection, for your own welfare, for your own benefit, and the things that are there. And you may not like it, and you may not understand it at this point in your life, but you need to know that there are some boundaries that we're going to uphold. And we're going to do those because we love you more than life itself. And we're going to give you the best opportunity that we can as we do that. And I'm saying, we're the adults. We are. And we need to act like that and, and live like that and teach like that and be a part of what's going on and doing a part of all the things that are going and being a part of that. See, the rules make the game work better. Can you imagine football without rules, basketball without rules? The rules make it work. And the rules of God, the directions of God, the laws of God. And see, the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, teach your children as they go in and as they come out. Teach them morning and day. Teach your children and give them. And the Bible was full of illustrations and times when God would say, set up these memorials and do this, the Passover, all these things that were observed. They were all set up to be able to do that. And they were set up for a question so that a child might be able to say to their parent, why do we do this? What a teaching moment. Why do we do this? Because there was a moment when God did this in our lives, and every time we get an opportunity, we celebrate the wonder of what that is and how God worked in our lives and the illustration of what it is. That's why we do this. What do these rocks stand for? Well, there was a time when God separated the waters of the Jordan River, and we all walked across on dry land as we entered into the promised land that God had for us. And these stones are, are a reminder to us that God works over his people and provides for his people and, and does the things. And, and it's a teaching moment to give there. And we do the same thing. Why don't we do these things in our homes? We can use them for teaching moments. You have family traditions. You have things that are there and things that are a part of what's going on. Some of that tradition needs to be, why do we study God's word? Why is it so important that we go to church? Why do we do these kind of things? Because we have a God, an amazing God, a God who gave himself for us, who died upon the cross for us, and he loved us so much that he forgave us of our sins, and he brought us into relationship to him and promised us his presence and his family and to be with him forever and ever, and we love him because he first loved us. And we want you to know how he's worked in our lives and all the things that he's done and the privilege that we have in seeing and understanding and being a part of it. See, it's not the, parent, the child's job to be the parent or the adult. It's the parent's responsibility to do those things as we look at it. So how do we raise kids rightly in a sinful world? Well, we start with this book. Because everything you need to know about being a parent is right here. It's not in some psychiatrist's book or psychologist's book. There's some, I'm sure, some great books and some great thoughts. But they don't have the heart and the mind of God. Only God does. And he'll give it to you if you ask him for it. That's what he said. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's willing to do it. Renew your life. Let God work in your spirit by the transforming of your mind and the renewing of your mind so that you can teach and, and be a part of what's going on and doing. See, we need to take seriously what God says about teaching our children, being responsible for our children and growing them the way God wants them to be grown. 
being part of it. We need to understand what are they being taught when they go to school. You need to talk to them about it. You need to understand what's going on, what's being said and taught. And if it's not the truth, then you need to counteract it. And that's not always easy because they have a lot of confidence in the teacher and they may not have much confidence in you as their parent, but you've still got to teach them the truth. It's our job to be the kind of parents that God wants us to be. See, we, we can't make them be what we want them to be. But we can't expect them to be what we want them to be if we don't even make the effort to try to teach them try to guide them and most importantly of all to love them unconditionally unconditionally that's how God loves you and me unconditionally I know I fail him many many times but I know he loves me And our children need to know that no matter how many mistakes they make and no matter how many times they disappoint us and break our hearts, they can't stop us from loving them. We love them. That's, we love them and we love them and we love them. And if we really love them, we do everything that we can to be godly parents and teach them the way God wants them to be taught, not the way the world wants them to be taught. We have a responsibility as a church to teach one another, to help one another as adults, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to pray for one another, to mentor one another, to help us be the kind of godly family here that allows that to add to what's being taught at home, not take away from it. Most place, most important place, home. But we take what they're teaching at home, God's word, and enhance that here as we encourage and teach one another and our children and we help them to understand the things that are there. God has given us the privilege and the responsibility be godly parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews. If you're a Christian, you have a responsibility to help your family walk with God. May we pray. Father, thank you this morning for being with us and being this time that we have. And I know... Sometimes we, we rush through things and we do things. There's so much, obviously, if we were to take your word, we could go from Genesis to Revelation and every part of it would teach us about what, it's, what you mean about being a parent and about raising children the way they ought to be raised and doing the kinds of things that we ought to as you give us examples and as you give us bad examples as well as good examples. You help us to see the reality of life, but in the midst of it, you have your word that just continually to be consistent and always faithful and true. So, Father, I pray for the parents that are here, the parents that may be listening in, grandparents, aunts and uncles who are leaders, guides, adults who need to take responsibility and accountability 
for who they are in Christ and what that means in the raising of those precious gifts that they've been given in their children. Every child, a gift of God. Father, please teach us as adults to be adults, Christian adults, mature, godly adults. And help us to live out a lifestyle that gives a witness to our children and our grandchildren that they might not only hear, but they might see the evidence of what a difference it makes to walk with Christ and to walk in the darkness of a lost world. Father, guide us and direct us. Empower our children to hear the words of truth from their parents. Empower our parents to speak with wisdom and love and truth. God, help us to have godly homes, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.